welcome to the Tree Planners podcast for June 19th. Um, my my fifth grader son told me that it was the last day of school today. Do you guys know if that's true? Um, it's the last I day of the that the students finishing up their online courses. Okay. But surely finishing up. I'm not too sure about it being the very last day of school yet, though. Okay. Well, for the elementary panel <clears throat> in Simcoe, at least uh, the 26th is supposed to be the last day. My 11-year-old also told me today was his last day of school um, because next week is supposed to be all fun activities. So hmm. technically, no, it's not the last week, but they're not going to be really asking him to do anything next week. So he's like, hey, just so you know, I'm done for the whole summer. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I would have tried pulling the same stunt when I was 11 years old too. No, seriously, school's done. Come on, the summer started a week early. <laughs> you don't want to do it any more than I want to do it. <laughs> so uh, you've, um, for those listening, heard a couple of voices there. Margaret, as usual, is joining us. And this week we have Shaq Edwards joining us as well from Shaq World, Shaq's World, sorry, in Barrie. How are you doing, Shaq? I'm good, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, how are you doing, Margaret? Doing pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I went for a big walk today and uh, feeling like I started off my day proper. So nice. that's good. Morning walks are the best. That's why I mm. have a dog. He makes yeah. sure mm-hmm. I get out every morning. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And before it gets too <laughs> too hot. Yeah, exactly. It's usually mm-hmm. the perfect time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just before the sun gets to that boiling hot we've had for the past few days. Yeah. The, uh, my, my wife had to leave early today, so I'm not, I wasn't able to do that with the kids. Well, I guess I could have taken the kids out for a walk too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've, I've taken to taken a big bottle of water and one of those collapsible bowls now for, for the midday walks with the dog. Otherwise he doesn't make it through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of dog do you have, Shaq? I have a Maltese Shih Tzu. So he's just a little guy. Actually, Cash is Shaq's belt backwards. But Cash is my um, emotional support dog. He usually Mm. comes with me to um, different basketball events. So if I'm doing training with certain types of kids, not all kids, but certain training camps get Cash as well. So (laughs) he's a little guy. Mm. He uh, helps Mm -hmm. the kids with engagement and with processing. So... So I'm, I'm really excited. It's amazing what animals can do, eh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That's, that's, sorry, Adam. No, no, no. That's, that's the online lag and that's just what we work with nowadays. I'm really excited to Mm -hmm. learn more about this, uh, about what you're doing with, with Shaq's world. Um, excited to share. So, yeah, well, we're, we usually do a couple of quick, uh, links, things that we're, uh, following and, and keeping an eye on. So let's do that. We'll, we'll roll through those real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll get to Shaq's world. Um, what do you got top of mind this week, Margaret? I knew you were going to ask me and we were just talking to Shaq before we started recording about, um, the just recovery Simcoe. Oh, that was that mine. We launched yesterday. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but man, I was. Like it, it has taken up a lot of airspace. And in fact, my husband was like, you need to learn how to celebrate, even if it doesn't feel like you need to celebrate. So we're going to go out and we're going to buy Thai food tonight. And I was like, yes, thank you. So I did a little bit of celebration. But anyways, the, the Just Recovery Simcoe has put me into conversations and resources that just never uh, kind of made it in because I'm I kind of like land use planning and how policies at the municipal level and provincial level, that's kind of the world that I didn't intend to live in, but I live in. And um, it was really interesting to kind of go through the just recovery stuff and look at it from different community perspectives, look at it from, um, you know, racialized or marginalized perspectives. And so that was, that was a part of the fun of it all. And I know that that sounds weird, but like of, putting down policies like I talked to Shaq before we started recording that would probably make most political leaders go, ooh, that doesn't really make me feel comfortable because that's not something we do. We tend to go with this and that status quo has kind of been the problem, right? So um, yeah, that was that's the, the main thing that I've been working on lately, but also um, getting into some books that I've always, some classic books I've always been meaning to read that I've never um, 
never had a chance to, and those have been challenging for me. So um, reading um, Maya Angelou's I Know What a Cage Bird Sings, uh, one of my favorite poets, and um, I've always been meaning to read her book, and I'm finally through it now. So just, you know, taking moments to pause and think and um, just appreciate a different perspective was that's kind of what I've been focusing on this last week. So sorry to steal your thunder, Adam. <laughs> That's I'm more than happy for you stealing that. It's um, so the Just Recovery has got a website. Uh, well, it's Just Recovery Simcoe. There's a number of Just Recovery initiatives out there, some national, some global. Uh, we are focusing ours locally because that's just kind of the scope of our activity. Uh, so more information on that can be found at justrecoverysimcoe.ca. And uh, there's three planks, invest in people, invest in nature and invest in community. And then underneath those, we uh, break out a number of recommendations. And it's not just Margaret and I doing this. It's a, a pretty, pretty, pretty great alliance coalition of uh, broad diversity of, uh, of, of issue areas. I'm, I'm totally bungling what I'm trying to say, but we, you know, there's, there's faith-based groups, there's groups that focus on, uh, food security, uh, environments, uh, housing, affordability, poverty. Uh, poverty. Yeah. 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 So it, it's pretty cool. And, uh, one of the things I'm excited about it, uh, is that it, affords the opportunity to offer some practical solutions, um, which you don't necessarily always have as, as activists, you're always sort of trying to push for change, but sometimes you kind of leave the, the actual, um, groundwork for implementing that change up to staff, if you will. Um, so it's nice as, uh, as activists to be able to include some of that stuff in our, in our work. And Shaq, how about you? I know it's kind of putting you on the spot. We didn't really talk about this uh, this element of the podcast before, uh, but is there something top of mind for you? Top of the mind for me is just staying up to date and educating myself um, with all the different ways that I can be the change, <laughs> kind of like we're talking about right now. Um, I don't Right now I'm following Shaq's world and uplifting black youth, but mm -hmm. for personal growth, I'm just following along a lot of different people just to make sure I'm staying up to date on what's going on today and how I can be more helpful with everything going on. So, I mean, right now it's kind of a weird time to ask what I'm following because I'm following mm -hmm. a lot of what everyone else is following, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know it's a, th this is a loaded, uh, a bit of a, probably a difficult question. Uh, but how, how do you keep from being overwhelmed with everything? Uh, there's so much out there. Um, well, I am a, a feely type of person. So I very much believe in making sure that you're grounded and then kind of gravitating towards things that speak to you. So a lot of what I read comes from a people with PhDs and B. I feel like I, it resonates with me. Does that make sense? Um, I don't watch any news or social media platforms or sorry, mainstream social media or news um, to keep myself focused on what my goal is and not get kind of swayed in either direction by what's going on globally. So mm -hmm. uh if that answers your question, it does. Yeah, the I I I have that tension often where I I sort of feel myself kind of spinning out of uh, my world, if you will. I don't know, like yeah. my focus kind of getting distracted over there, or or like and and recently I've had this with uh, with some some uh, interactions on social media where I will sort of respond almost impulsively. Kind of wish I hadn't. <laughs> It's seeing the stuff and not engaging in it because we want to be, we want to be changing it. Mm -hmm. Right. So staying away from online in the news, it helps you not uh, become biased or not become one-sided towards anything because everything I do, I do out of love and out of seeing a better future. So if I, I find that when I do watch um, the news or I do get too wrapped up in social media, I start to become upset. And I don't want to be upset by what's going on. I just want to change what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm. 
you know that mm-hmm. that uh mm-hmm. is i mean now that you mention it i i it comes across very clearly in your presence uh certainly um there's been three that I've attended anyways, there been three uh, Black Lives Matter rallies uh, recently that you've emceed and that positivity um, comes across loud and clear. Uh, it's pretty cool. Well, I just feel I just feel like if we are going to make a change, it isn't going to be through kicking and screaming. It's going to be through, like you said, getting on the ground and making the change and being that activist that is going to go into the city hall, that is going to go sit down at a council meeting and say, hey, yeah, the hashtag's gone, but we still have a lot of work to do here. Mm-hmm. We still have the, the hashtag is gone. The mm-hmm. feelings are still here. You heard youth, you heard um, seniors, you heard middle-aged people speaking about how they feel in your city. So it's not like all that goes away. Now we need to make sure that those people feel comfortable mm-hmm. because one of the biggest things that I find mm-hmm. in Barry is people are comfortable because it's been the same for so long and the diversity is starting to, to shake people a little bit. But what they need to know is that within five to 10 years, this place is going to be one of the most diverse cities in the country because with all the people moving south, It's just going to become from South, sorry, all the people coming from South to North, it's going to become more diverse. So we might as well nip it in the butt now and get things under control so that we can have the city that we all really deserve because I love Barrie and I'm not going anywhere. So, I mean, we're either going to fix it or some people are going to stay uncomfortable, you know, it's just, and why all coexist and be happy because no one's like, no one's, um, trying to force a separation we're trying to force equality equity mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. and you can see a lot of the political leaders around a lot of political leaders around the county because we we know we focus on barry but also other municipalities have been dominated by certain voices for and not particularly people but certain voices that represent a certain segment of the population um older male white generally and um it's really interesting to me to see the shock that like whoa this is what people want this is crazy and we're like have you not been listening for like, like this isn't new. Right. And so you can see how they've set up um, their, their comfort. Right. And, and they don't feel that they need to change. And so that's kind of a little bit, I mean, why you do what you do, why we do it. We, you know, we each address it from our own perspective, but that is kind of why we need to be there is to kind of shift from, Hey, you guys are comfortable in this bubble, but this isn't where people actually want you to be. And we have to demonstrate that this is kind of where we would like you to be and make those changes and get the right leaders into the councils, get, you know, the right groups and citizens talking to each other and getting to know one another uh, and build that community. I mean, I think it's just, it's the long-term change like you were talking about that, is really important in that positivity and the connection and showing people. So I really appreciate that. Um, what you're all saying there, cause it, cause it resonates a lot with me. Do you want to, uh, give us a Coles note on, 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 on Shaq's world? And then maybe we can, we can talk about that a little bit more. Sure. Um, so Shaq's world was created in hopes of, uh, um, creating respectful, successful community members and athletes. So what we started off as was a basketball program um, that really just tried to teach what integrity, respect, determination, hard work, the basics in sports. Um, We tried to teach how to translate that into your everyday life. Um, Through that, we turned into a mentorship program. So I was able to um, start mentoring the athletes that I was working with so that they could learn where sport actually translates in life because sports and life go hand in hand as long as you know how to use them correctly. Um, So basketball is my catalyst. Basketball is my sport of choice. And it's what I choose to educate people on the stay humble and kind philosophy with. Um, when, when our mentorship started, um, I got a lot of, I want to say attraction. Um, so I started a community event, which is called cure courts and it's a youth mental health awareness tournament because I found that one of the biggest things that these kids were struggling with was not understanding themselves. It wasn't 
it wasn't much of what was going on around them as much as what was going on inside of them. And once I figured that out, I was able to help families better communicate. So through Cure Courts, I was, I'm able to bring the community together, the kids together, the liaisons together and our police officers, which is funny (laughs) together, Uh um, to raise money and awareness for youth mental health, as well as give them different tools. Um, we give out little stress balls. We give out, uh, fidget spinners and stuff like that so that they've got tools to help them with their um, mental advancement as well as their physical advancement. So um, that's where Cure Courts came from, but that's kind of been the evolution of Shaq's world. And now um, I still coach, I still do my mentorship, but I also offer workshops and clinics within the school board. I also go and do um, different presentations for associations that are interested in learning about the Shaq's world philosophy. And I travel and I coach and that's what I do. A lot of people are always ask how or what or get me to explain it, but really it's just, it's a, it's an experience that I bring to kids, which is why I think that, well, I mean, I know that in the near future, we're working on creating a space so that those kids can always feel the energy of Shaq's world, the stay humble and kind and what that feels like and what it feels like to be in a unified, in a unified, um, area or atmosphere, sorry, a unified atmosphere because it's different. And, and they've expressed that it feels different and parents express that it feels different when they go in and they know that it's a judgment free love is love zone. Kids will Hmm. respond to it, you know, and it's just giving them the opportunity to, to be that and let them take that into the community that makes them those respectful, successful community members. Hmm. Very cool. The so a, a couple you're focused on on youth mm-hmm. clearly and um, and ath- athletes and sport mm-hmm. yeah well, um, and and I think you you sort of outlined why you think uh, athletics and sport is important um, but now basketball specifically uh, could you speak to I mean in your own history I'm assuming there's a connection to basketball but also the value of that as a team sport and how that contributes to, yeah. Uh, myself, I played basketball for 15 years before my career was shut, shut down by a knee injury. Um, and which that's where Shaq's world came from because it was either be better or be bitter at that point. Mm. And, um, so with that, um, Working with my teammates, I was with the same team for 11 years of my 15 year career. And we, you become a family and that's not just in basketball. That's in, that's in any sport. When you play a team sport, you get to know people on a level that is much deeper than just the physical. You learn to trust them. You learn to communicate with them and you learn to understand them. Uh, one of my, one of the, my favorite things that Kobe Bryant says is that sports, if sports taught him nothing else, it taught him humility, camaraderie, and understanding of others. And I think that is a hundred percent accurate because when you do play a sport, it's very much about, this is what we're doing right now, but this is about, this is about the game. It's not about the person, right? So if, so I take that into my everyday life and say, this person is not my enemy. This is not my enemy. This is just someone that is on the opposite side right now. At the end of the game, we'll be at, we'll be, it's over. There's nothing to fight about. So that's how I live my life. It's, I don't, I don't get angry with people because I know that one day they'll eventually understand what I was trying to say. So I don't want to look like the bad guy at the end of the day, everyone hears from their own level of perception. So that's up to them. And you learn that in sport because you realize at the end of the game, people take the jerseys off and you're all friends. You're just, you're just people at the end of the day. Yes, we're on different teams, but we're just people. So that's something that I keep in mind just as a, as an everyday tip when people start going off, (laughs) it's not me. I have a question for you about it because 
imagining like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes where your basketball career has ended and I don't know how what your what visions you had for that or aspirations but then transitioning to something that you had to start from nothing right like it just was an idea you had where did you how did you like I find that those transitions are really interesting because someone has to go from what they thought they knew to something brand new that hasn't been realized it's not like someone said to you here Shaq here's an idea here's a logo here's a this you're going to do it and and you just go for it you now have to bring that into fruition on your own and there's a lot of courage and a lot of bravery so I'm just wondering that transition how did you stay inspired to keep that going or did you have maybe you didn't have moments where you were like oh I don't know if this is the right thing maybe you just always felt in your gut like you're saying you're a Philly person and I'm just going to go through with it but I'm just wondering about that that moment where you transition from what you knew to something completely unknown well I'm going to be honest with you guys I struggled I struggled with my mental health for a long time after um, because as any athlete knows if you are immobilized as someone who is athletic, it's a mental game. It's no longer a physical game. It's now a mental game. So I went through a long time of just trying to figure myself out. And one thing that always stuck with me was one of my roommates in college was the um, captain of the men's basketball team for five years. And, um, he graduated. He was not injured. He graduated. And when he graduated, um, he just stopped. That was it. His life ended. It was like with bat when basketball ended, he didn't know where else to go or what else to do. And he just stayed at home all day. So when I would reflect on that during that time, when I was sitting at home all day, I said that bas- I love basketball. And I know that I can teach mental toughness through this if I can get through this. So from then on, my first contract was with the town of Innisfil. I ran a Shaq's World Basketball Program through the recreation um, booklet. Um, And I pushed through it. I really thought to myself that basketball, I know is going to, I know that it's going to take me somewhere. I don't know where, and I'm not willing to give it up. And if I can help someone get somewhere in basketball, even if it isn't me, I'll still be in basketball. So that is how it all started. And it kind of has, has just snowballed since then because people are inspired by my mindset And that's what I want to teach is the mindset and give people the experience because like you said, it doesn't come easy. It's not something that you wake up one day with. It's, it's a lot. And it's a lot of reminding yourself that for me, it was reminding myself that it's bigger than I am. And if I do want to give up, there are kids there that are like waiting for Shaq. Okay. There are kids out there that text me and call me. And if I don't respond then am I, am I a role model or am I just like everyone else? Like, did I just come in just to be here for now or am I in it for the long run? So a lot of the kids that I coach, I have coached for eight years, like a very, very long time and we've built a bond. So it's, it's, it's that it's, it's knowing that I'm, it's bigger than myself, I guess. Every time I wanted to give up, I knew it was bigger than me. So I just kept going. And I love basketball, so it's not like it was a job. <laughs> hmm. That's always nice. Yeah. How does, um, so how does, commi- uh, you, you touched on this a little bit. Um, how does humility contribute to the success of a team? Being able to see someone as a person is extremely important in sports because um as a as a team you don't want to how do i put this you're only as strong as your weakest link so as a team if you are treating someone as if they are not as good as you as if they don't belong to be there then you're doing the entire team a disservice you're not doing just you're not you're not helping you're making the team worse. So when I, when I try to, let me get the right words here. Um, can you ask the question again? 
how does humility contribute to the success of a team? Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's understanding that everyone's a person. It's understanding that, like I said before, we are all people, whether I'm wearing a blue uniform and you're wearing a red one, teaching that a, when we're playing, there are a lot of I don't want to put anyone down, but there are a lot of coaches that teach their players to attack someone when the ball, when it's three seconds, there's a lot of different moments in basketball in particular that can show whether you are humane or not. And one of that, and most of it starts with coaching. And when I coach, most people say it's weird that I sit on the bench and I don't scream at my players and I don't tell them they messed up and I don't sub them off and I don't do those things because they're humans. Right. So that helps with our communication, our trust level and our team bond as a Mm -hmm. whole and not, not going to toot my own horn, but people look at me as a coach and, and I walk in and sit on the bench and don't say anything. And they're like, Oh, Marie, we got a girl. She doesn't even, she's not even saying anything. She's probably the assistant, you know, the coach probably isn't here, but then my boys got there and they kick butt and they come <laughs> to the bench and we hang out during halftime yeah, while the other coach true. is yelling at their players, telling them that they need to watch this player and this player and this player. But my team is talking about who they're going to pass the ball to and what they're going to do the next, because we're having fun because we're just playing a game. It's not us against them in a, in a literal sense. It's just a game. Right. And Mm -hmm. the more fun you have doing something, the better you will be at it. So I guess that's my answer. Humility helps with that communication and that trust building because without it, nobody's going to want to play for you or with you. Mm -hmm. And you have to take that into life. Yeah. So that was, that was going to be my next question is then how does that translate from, uh, the basketball, basketball, basketball court, <laughs> uh, to everyday life. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's making sure kind of, like I said, in one of my speeches that you're going out and being your best self every single day, your best self means that you are again, treating people the way you want to be treated, understanding that someone else is human and understanding that they've got their own stuff going on. And so at the end of the day, no matter what, if you're a doctor, if you're a police officer, if you're a lawyer, if you're a cafeteria lady, if you're a janitor, once you take the uniform off, you're just a person. You're just Mm -hmm. a person. And it's just like when people get starstruck with celebrities, these are just people. They're just people. And when you talk to one of them, you usually realize that they're very, very humble and very, very quiet people. And it's because they are just human and they treat people with humility. And it's, and I I mentioned that I live off of love. I do everything that I can out of love and living off value and energy is very, very underappreciated. If you can just and this is just how I feel. If you can spread that love and that kindness and that humility to as many people as possible, you will be ultimately blessed in this lifetime. And so it's that message that I send to my kids. You have to be humble and you have to be kind because if you're not humble, it will come back and get you. And there's a saying that I always say, uh, ego trips, but humble never stumble. Hmm. So don't get like caught that. with the ego. <laughs> don't get caught with the ego because your ego will have you speaking on things that you should not be speaking on. But when you're humble, you take your anger and you just, you keep it and you just deal with it on your own. And then once the time is right, People usually come back together. The only time they do not is when your ego gets in the way and starts saying things out of line. And that's from personal experience and from watching it happen. Um, (laughs) So I, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, we're going to fight here because we've got the leg. Well, I I was just going to say that I'm, I'm mindful of the time and we're at half an hour now. And I would still really like to uh, ask about uplifting black youth. Um, well, but Margaret, what were you? Well, I was on the same frame of mind. I was going to actually ask Shaq if people wanted to learn more about how to enroll or the programs that you have going, if you could 
just do a plug for that and then transition into, um, you know, you're dealing with a lot of kids and issues and you see how they're coming to you and coming to your program and what their experiences are. And of course you can't generalize for every kid in, in Barry or Simcoe County. Um, but I was curious because it kind of leads into what Adam was going through. Now you're doing this uplift, uh, uplifting black youth. And I was just wondering if you could explain how you, the experience that you're feeling that kids are coming to you with, what is their experience in, in this area? And because that's something that I'm interested in about how different people experience our communities versus like, oh, I experienced like this, therefore everybody must experience it like that, whether it be age or ability or race or religion. So youth is another thing, like how, so plug for Shaq's world. And then how do you see the, the kids coming to you? What is their, what are they experiencing? And then we can go into the uplift um, black youth. Sorry, so, that was a really convoluted long question. Oh, I apologize. Okay. I think, I think um, so to start, you can go to www.shackworld.com and I do usually a 45 minute consultation with families before I start mentoring because I want to make sure that A, I'm the right person. And if I'm not, I do have a team of mentors that I can assign you with based on common interests. So that is how we do our mentorship program. A lot of, a lot of, or sorry, not a lot of, but all of my mentors that are considered shack leads are the guys that have been coached by me for five years plus and have demonstrated that they understand what stay humbling kind means. Um, I actually put a, a picture up on Shaq's world the other day of a young athlete who went, uh, long story short, they had a game it was a qualifier for OFSA and they lost. And uh, 45 minutes after the game, this athlete walked back into the gym, shook the coach's hand, helped him clean up and just said, good game coach. You know, it was really emotional and uh, you guys played really well. Thank you for having us at your, in your gym. And the coach sent a email over to the principal to say, what character this athlete had and that this was a champion regardless of who the real champions were that day. This was a champion. And those are the kind of athletes I try to push into the community because as great as I am, I can only talk about what I do. They are showing you what I do. So that is those guys I trust, they mentor youth and youth trust them, families trust them. And we are a huge family. We're a team. So um, that's how our mentorship program works. And again, you can find all that information on www.shacksworld.com. Um, if you want to send an email, info at shacksworld.com for all mentorship or volunteer opportunities. And um, as far as uplifting black youth goes, I find it extremely interesting um, that a lot of youth are feeling confused on whether they should speak out about the injustice that they faced within their own lives. Um, and a lot are reaching out to tell me what I should tell, what I should be telling the politicians and what I should. So actually the other night we had a call with um, Ken Witherell of the Barry police with a bunch of youth. I'm like, you guys want to tell them, tell them yourself, <laughs> tell them yourself because there are black kids that feel a certain way, feel left out, feel unheard. But right now they just, they don't know how to speak without their counterparts um, unjustifying their experiences so one thing that I'm finding right now is, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of black youth reaching out to say, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to see. This is what I want to see. Thanks so much for speaking for us. And as I say, I have no problem speaking for the youth because they essentially are the ones that are going to run this city. They are the ones that are going to be in charge in the next 10 to 15 years. So let's make them comfortable. Um, so with uplifting black youth, with that being said, we have been giving those youth a voice. We have been giving them the opportunity to have a say in what goes on in the city moving forward, because a lot of them, their biggest complaint to the chief was, if I leave basketball practice too late, I get pulled over by police and I'm 14. So I don't want to talk to police. So these are all things that we're working on, but these are all concerns that kids have starting at age 11, 12. So, um, with that being said to have all, to get all of those youth, um, 
feeling a little more comfortable, a little more heard, we've got our uplifting black youth care packages going out and any and all donations are accepted. We've got about, I think we're up to 10 locations. So there are 10 locations within Simcoe County. You can drop off toys too. You can drop off art supplies, electronics. Um, and then we're going to, at the end of the month, create care packages based on the interests of each individual child. So they are going to feel heard. And that is what we're trying to accomplish right now with uplifting black youth in Shaq's world. And people can find, uh, is, is there a website or is it a Facebook uh, page right now? Or Yeah. So the uplifting black youth packages is actually just at uplifting black youth on Facebook. Uh, I believe the full name is uplifting black youth making change in Simcoe County. Um, and all the information's on there, including all the drop-off locations, or you can check out Shaq's world underscore on Instagram. And all the drop-off locations are there as well, as well as the Shack World Facebook page. So there are a lot of places to find the information. And if you go to any one of our websites, we are more than happy to respond to any anyone that's contacting us with questions or looking for more information. And Shaq, you do a, a, a weekly session on how to be a better ally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Recently, um, since the protests, a lot of allies have been reaching out, trying to find out how they can be, be an ally, period. So um, I started a series called Becoming a Great Ally to just create a safe space for our allies to ask any questions. They don't have to, I don't want anyone to feel um, that they can't grow because this is a place for growth. It's a place where if you have questions or if you're confused as to what's going on, you can join us in our open discussions. I also offer at the beginning a little history lesson on the beginning of systematic oppression so that people understand. Then we get into our uh, open discussion and then we'll close off with some more questions on what you want to know. Um, last week we had some great questions on how do we have um, meaningful and um, meaningful and information filled conversation with friends and family who don't find the importance in the BLM movement. And that's a great question because how do you have those conversations? How do they not turn into screaming matches? Right? So those are all things that we discuss and it's a safe space for allies because I know that right now everyone is very, very on edge online. So posting a question could get you in trouble. So Becoming a great ally is a great place to come to feel safe, to um, get any questions that you may have out, as well as learn how to be an ally moving forward for the long term, not just right now, not just posting hashtags and re reposting the stuff. It's really going out there and stopping the people that are making other people uncomfortable. Um, Which is cru- the, the long, the long term is absolutely crucial. Yeah, it's accountability. Yeah. It's accountability, accountability, accountability. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then we also have uh, growing up melanin, which is a series for black youth um, ages seven to 17. And again, another open forum. And I do a history lesson for them on um, the history of black people before slavery, because before slavery, we were royals and we were royalty. So there's a reason that, these kids should love their melanin. So growing up melanin is a series to teach them to love the skin that they're in. And that's on Thursday night. So that has been, again, another very information packed group last night was my first one. And it was really, it was really interesting to see what the kids had to say. Hmm. Really interesting because a lot of them are only aware of slavery. They aren't aware of before slavery, which is interesting that it's not taught, but that's another conversation. <laughs> it's a big, uh, the, the weakness of, of, of history, right? Is it, it's, it's very, very Western, very white, uh, well, you know, in terms of written by the winner, right? Exactly. And once it's, uh, and, and written, right. And, and also with indigenous peoples and, and the, the, yep. the verbal tradition and yep. yeah. And that's, uh, to, to touch on Indigenous, actually, the Becoming a Great Ally series is uh, a BIPOC series. So it's Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Whereas the Growing Up Melanin is just for Black kids. The other is for allies to understand all, all ethnicities and cultures. And and we do talk about the uh, what to do in the workplace and stuff like that. So it's very information-filled for the allies. 
just because again, we want to see this change through, you know, and if there are people that mm-hmm. are willing to, to listen, then I'm willing to help. And it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And you said something earlier about being comfortable with discomfort. And I think that's such an important part for people growing in all facets of their life. You know, you try something new and it's uncomfortable because you're unsure. And am I doing the right thing? And just like as I was asking about how you transition from sports to Shaq's world, there's a discomfort that comes from going outside of your 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 zone and what you're used to, right? And so figuring out how to recognize discomfort as a stage and not a final resting place that you can actually move through discomfort and you can learn and grow and see positivity on the other side of discomfort, not just to be stagnant there. Cause that's where people then retreat back to where they were before because they're like, this is too uncomfortable. I need to go back to where I was, but we need people to progress through their discomfort and, and come to the other side. Right. Yeah. And the way I like to look at it is when you become uncomfortable, that is, that is your chance to, 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 I I usually say create, that's your chance to create because in that uncomfort, in that unknown, you can just put whatever you want there, you know, fill it with something beautiful. That's what I always say, because if you're uncomfortable, there's a way Mm. to become comfortable in that discomfort just make it beautiful because it's up to you when you're uncomfortable it's because you don't know you don't and if you don't know you create (laughs) i think that's what's so fantastic about the the approach that you employ also with your activism though which is very positive and that it, it it offers um because not everybody you know whether because of trauma or what have you is able to get in the easily able or as easily able to get into those spaces of discomfort but by focusing on that positive message and and, and building that positive environment um, then people are supported in coming into those places uh, that are important for change yeah it creates that unity that we're looking for margaret do you want to uh, questions do you want to, do you want to throw the five questions at shack yeah Okay, these are super easy. And we we started a few podcasts ago where I was like, we should totally have like a buzzer beater round at the end where we just ask random kind of fun questions. And so then Adam was like, well, if it's your big idea, you come up with the questions. So here they are. No time limit. Um, number, I'm going to add a sixth one because you're a basketball fan and I'm a bit of a basketball fan. So I have a, a sixth one at the end here. So number one, what is your go-to order at your favorite restaurant? Beyond Meat Burger, A&W. Okay, nice. Uh, <laughs> number two, and there's no specificity here. So what do you wish you had known when you started out? That not everyone was going to agree with me. That being nice is not is a choice. I didn't realize that I thought everyone was nice, but no, that is not the case. <laughs> number three, what are you curious about right now? The outcome of everything going on. And I, I could give you detail on that if you would like. Um, but yes, the outcome of everything that we're working on right now has me very curious. I just, it's like I said, it's, this is the creation stage. This is the uncomfortable creation stage. When we're out of this, it's like, let's see what we did here. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, do you have a go-to podcast or resource right now? My favorite podcast, and this is completely left field probably for you guys, but they're called Rev Ramblings. Um, and it's, it's, it's an energy check, the energy check in the world. That's, those are my favorite kind of podcasts. Again, I am a very feely person. So I like to know where the energies are because if I go outside and someone's angry, I don't like know why. Cause then I know it's not my fault. <laughs> Rev R E V Ramblings. She's great. She's she's very, very non-professional in her podcast, but very informational. (laughs) We have some some similarities then, at least with the non-professional part. Number number five, a piece of advice for when people are feeling discouraged. And I think you've touched on it a lot, but why not hash it out one more time? Always remember your why. When you get discouraged, remember why you started. Bring yourself right back. Bring yourself right back mm, to that why. That's really good. Yeah, because for me personally, Excellent. without my why, 
I would, I don't know if I would have gone this far. Right. I mean, all of the no's, all of the, you can imagine as a young, I started Shaq's world in Barry when I was 18 or 19. You can imagine as a young black girl, how much BS I got for trying to start a basketball program and how much BS I still get for a basketball program. And all I, all I have to say is my why is bigger than anyone. And now you will see why I started a basketball program. Right. So that's, that's all I have to say. on. Well, good for you with that piece of advice, because that's it reminds me of how I have abandoned the New Year's resolutions where, you know, you're like, what are the what are the things you're going to accomplish this year? And I've actually turned it into uh, the what isn't as important. It's the how. So how I make decisions, how I move through life is way more important and controllable than the what. The what I, I mean, so many things have happened in our your life, my life. Right. That that you can't control. And so there's no point focusing on the what too much because the how is and the why, like, as you point out, is is really what you can control. So that's great. So this is my sixth one. This is kind of like a a throw in there. I see you've got, you know, the Lakers, Kobe Bryant all behind you. I don't know how loyal you are to the Lakers. I'm a bit of a Raptors fan myself. And my question is, do you think the Mamba mentality Okay, so I might be asking you that I'm a bit of a Raptors fan, so I'm kind of curious whether you think they can repeat or not, or what do you think, you know, LeBron's going to take them down? I have full faith in my Raps. Yeah, I love Kobe, and I will always love Kobe, but the Raptors, those guys have heart like I've never seen. So if they come back with that same heart, I have no doubt in my mind they could repeat. Not a doubt. Especially with a nation behind them, not a doubt. All right, fantastic. <laughs> go Raptors. Well, thank you again. Yeah, go Raptors. Thank you again for joining us. Starting again soon. By the way, you guys didn't hear. Yeah, July, it, it, it's July. a shortened season, yeah. right? And yeah, okay. Well, that's that's going to be exciting. We're uh, yeah. we're more of a, a baseball household, and um, the MLB is a bit of a clusterfuck right now. So. Game last year, very first one ever. It was great. Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at, oh, at the Sky Dome. The only thing I, 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 I could dump on the Sky Dome until the end of time. It's just as far as a as far as a, a sporting venue for yeah. getting into the feel of the game, it's horrible. I but, agree. Uh, I agree. It is for my what first it is. one, I was like, yeah. why do basketball is so much better? You go to a basketball game, the yeah. entire gym is <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. but but um very i mean this is one of the oh this is a this is me going off on a total tangent here (laughs) yeah Uh, well i mean baseball is called pastime for a reason right and um it's not it's a very different dynamic from basketball totally totally different and and but they try and make it this uh they're trying to make it more like basketball so like shorten um, any space in between action and pumping the stadiums full of fake artificial sound and all these yeah. sorts of things. And it's not what it's meant to be. It's a different thing. Right. Um, right. Anyways, there's my, my baseball rant for the day. Uh, we'll be watching basketball though. Uh, Cause MLB's not got their shit together. So. <laughs> um, and basketball is yeah. the best sport. <laughs> It is super exciting, yeah, and and the the Raptors are way, a very very fun team to watch. They're awesome, and um, and their yeah. Raptors has helped Shaq's world a lot on our journey. And I'm oh, excited cool. to have them more here in town. Right on, what we're yeah. Working on so. <sighs> you know, and what a perfect team to demonstrate the the value of humility too, right? Like it's yeah. it's such See, a and that's it. Right. A team yeah. like the Raptors, you look at them and they're a bunch of superstars that are not superstars. They're mm-hmm. just, they're very much, we're here together mm-hmm. in this game and that's it. Yeah. They lift each that's other it. up. That's yeah. it. And that's cool. Is what and, we- and when you were talking earlier, sh- sorry, <laughs> when you were talking earlier, Shaq, about your coaching style, my immediately was thinking about Nick Nurse, right? Where like, I'm not saying that he never gets heated. I mean, he gets, Gets the personal fouls every now and again, but 
like when he talks about his players, it's always positive. Like he's, he, so I was like, oh, she's just like Nick Nurse, like in, a, <laughs> in your own way, but like doesn't have that kind of like, I'm going to yell at all you guys and I'm going to tell you what's what all the time. Yeah. And I just think that it takes a good coach to understand that. That's, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. If you can't communicate with your players, it will show in your coaching. If you have a good relationship mm-hmm. with your players, it will show in your coaching. And I, and the way, I mean, I obviously have been inspired by the incredible coaches that I've gotten to work with along the way, but my coach that coached for 11 years, our team was number one in the province. Every time he and nurse actually played on my team for two years before she went away to Transway. So we had the top team in Ontario for a long time. And this man sat on the bench with his Blackberry the whole time. He did not say mm. anything the whole time. He would look up and say, do you guys need a timeout? No. Okay. <laughs> it was in practice. He made sure he spoke to us in practice and he spoke to us as human beings. So when we went to play, it translated, you know? So all of the mm-hmm. amazing things that I've experienced, I've gotten to make it my own and teach it through Shaq's world, which is great. Mm. Anyway, I could ramble all day, I feel. So. I think we could go on forever, to be honest. We could do like, just make you a regular uh, part of this Tree Planters podcast. Hey, uh, by the way, a real quick, um, I'm probably going to bungle the, the, the phrase, but the name Tree Planters comes from a, a great uh, little saying that encapsulates humility pretty well. A society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know sh- they shall never sit in. Yes. Yeah. That's where we got the name it is, from. It is that is a perfect way to put it. It's a perfect mm. way to put it. And anybody that understands that understands what the mission is and understands why the youth are so important. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Youth. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, guys, this was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us.